Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Katie and I are excited about this episode because we're going to reflect on our life and look at some mistakes we've made in our past and then use a tool which we call the expectation translator as well as an additional tool called, Katie, what's it called? The history reflector. The history reflector. We came up with these names. And we're using both of these tools to see if we can't learn from our past and to just grow going forward. And we're going to be using it in this episode, we're kind of using it in context uh, to the upcoming postpartum season, but we're also applying it just to pretty much every area of our life and, uh, and seeing which ways we can grow from our past mistakes and then also see if we've done anything right in the past as well and learn from that. Hope you guys enjoy. Also, one more thing. I almost, I, ha- I can't believe I almost forgot. We would love it if you were able to take the time to tap on one of the stars to leave this podcast a rating. We love getting your guys' ratings and reviews. It's such an encouragement and a blessing to Katie and I. You guys, especially when you guys are able to take the time to write a review, that seriously means so much to Katie and I. I either read them to Katie or she reads them to me. Sometimes we get kind of emotional, actually, when we do it. So we would love it if you guys are able to do that uh, right now. We'd love it. Thanks. Hey, I'm Elisha Voberg. And I'm his wife, Katie. Katie and I both grew up in big families that were fun, impactful, and relationship-rich. Now that we're a family of our own with two young children and our third on the way, there's nothing that excites us more than seeing what God can do through the family unit. We're so excited that you're joining us on this podcast as we dive into what the Bible says about marriage, children, parenting, money, sex, careers, roles, and so much more. Katie, are you ready? Let's go! here for another episode of the Now That We're a Family podcast. I just realized that I think Elisha almost always starts after the introduction because I'm like hearing his voice running through my head. But today was an awesome day. We'll start there. I am feeling very sore though. I'm sitting in a chair with like tons of pillows behind my back and Elisha had to help me over here from the couch. And I felt like totally like an invalid, you know, like my legs didn't work. I was just like, oh my word, this could be a reality. It was kind of like a crazy mental check, I guess. It was kind of funny. It was. Yeah. yeah, I just, I don't know. I'm so out of control of my own body. I think the thing is that sounds all really dramatic, but basically nesting's kicked in pretty hardcore. And so I've just been cleaning everything today. Like that's the only thing I wanted to do was clean like the dirtiest places just wanted to clean them yeah and for those of you that maybe aren't totally up to date in our life most of this is because Katie's 37 weeks pregnant now which is pretty pretty exciting for us I always leave the details up for Elisha to fill you in on well it's good I'm sure most of you folks that are listening already (laughs) know that Katie's very pregnant this at this particular time but maybe some of you don't. And so I just wanted to fill you in on why she's in this nesting mode and why her body's not working normally. Yeah, usually I wouldn't feel this out of touch or this uncomfortable after just cleaning my house. You know, maybe a little tired, but not crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sore. So, yeah, basically I just like overdid my back, I think. so. It's, Which is a bummer. It's a little, yeah. 
And this is the second time you've done it. This pre- You did it earlier this week. Yeah. And then basically you woke up the next morning feeling good, you, you said. Yeah, yeah. And so you just went ahead and did it again. Yeah, so I'm just, you know, as long as the baby doesn't come tonight, then we should be good tomorrow. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, okay, so today we're going to talk about what we've learned or mistakes we've learned. What's this podcast titled? Uh, I think we're going to title it Learning from Our Mistakes. Yeah, Learning from Our Mistakes. So if you guys want to follow along, everything we're mentioning today is all about learning from our mistakes. We're going to be applying these tools, like Elisha mentioned in the intro, the history reflector, and the expectation translator to the postpartum season. Because we have had two postpartum seasons, and the baby is... And our third postpartum season are very on our minds right now. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's what we're thinking about. So that's where we're going to apply these tools. But if you don't have a baby coming soon or if postpartum isn't your thing, like, don't check out, okay? Just because we're using these in our lives for postpartum doesn't mean that you can't use them to think about, you know, what worked in the past and what doesn't. So just kind of like pick a topic. I would encourage you to pick a topic as we're going through this and maybe just, you know, fill in, fill in the blanks yourself, but we're going to give you our examples. Yeah. Cause we're also using these tools in preparation of moving. This is something that you can totally use if you're moving or in this yes. case we're moving and I'm changing jobs. And so we're using it to apply to reply. We're applying these tools to those scenarios as well, but you can apply it to, yeah, a new job, a new child coming into your life, maybe changing churches or, you know, trying to find, uh, I guess, a new hobby for your family to pursue. You can really totally. use it for anything. You could use it for a past discussion, how it's like, well, we tried to talk about this before and it didn't work. Yeah. So jumping into the history reflector with that in mind, the first question you ask, and these tools are both in our books after the baby, which are coming out. There's a his copy and a her copy. I just got the finished manuscript today. Nice. Which is so exciting. I can't it's, wait to see it. Yeah, it's all formatted and everything. And so now we just have to finish up the formatting on Elisha's book and those will go live. Awesome. But um, the history reflector is the first question you ask is what worked? So I feel like it's always helpful to think about the positive things first, even if it was a bad situation. And for postpartum, that's we didn't have a ton of things <laughs> that went well or worked, but we gave it our best shot. Yeah, definitely. To just, there's always wins in every situation, no mm. matter how bad it is. Yes. And it can help to start yeah. out that well, way. Well, and I think that, like you said, starting out that way makes you acknowledge the obvious wins, which for us were you were healthy mm-hmm. and both of our children were healthy. What a yes. huge blessing. I never want to take those things for granted, even now going into, you know, a new or third child. Yeah, you don't know what to expect. You don't know what to expect, yeah. For sure. Yes, and we both loved our first week postpartum. Mm-hmm. That was really blissful for Elisha and I. The birth went great, um, like you mentioned. So we kind of wrote down what worked. Yes. And then when it came to what didn't work, that's the second question on the history reflector. So you write down first what worked, then you write down what didn't work. And some things that Elisha gave me, for what didn't work for him were super helpful. And what were some of those things that didn't work for you with our last two? Sure. Well, they might sound kind of silly because the big picture is like, okay, everything actually was, it went well. We had a healthy child or, you know, you were healthy. Those were wins. And so we kind of start getting more small picture. 
because there were obviously some negative things too. Like you and I ended up kind of being at odds with each other a few weeks following the birth of both of our children. And Mm -hmm. so it was kind of interesting to break down what type of things were getting on my nerve and got under my skin. And they seem probably really simple, but it were little things like not knowing where the kids' clothes were. Because I wanted to help Katie, you know, when, when we had our second, I wanted to help Katie by taking care of Leon, but I didn't know where his clothes were. I didn't know where his diapers were. Maybe we were out of stock with some things, but I didn't know where we were out of stock, you know, or what we had in stock, what we did not have in stock. Same thing with like grab and go snacks or same thing with dishes. Like I just, I would have been great to have some like paper plates. And so again, this is, these are the types of things you definitely, I, I, you wouldn't want to get annoyed with anybody in the moment. You know what I'm saying? Like these are silly things to bring up in the postpartum season and come to Katie. You oh know, yeah. To come like to Katie. he didn't bring those up to me. Right. Right. This was just looking back and thinking, okay, well, if we're going to be preventative, let's go ahead and try to stock our pantry with some easy grab and go snacks for the kids. Mm-hmm. Let me know where, let's have a very specific spot where we're going to have their clothes, their diapers, the wipes, you know, let's get some paper plates in here so that I know where they're at and I don't have to do a bunch of dishes. Yeah. Like Elisha said, it can seem petty, but like these are things that can improve. You can always improve on a situation. So maybe they're small, maybe they're big. For us, they were more minor things, but we want to always be improving. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's why this tool is so important because you can even improve on a great situation. Yes. Or if you just loved everything about it and almost everything's falling into the what worked category, then you know, great. That's what we want to aim for again. Yes. So whether it was a positive or a negative experience, I think this is just an awesome tool and it allowed me insight into Elisha's brain where I was going like, as he said, these things again, like he mentioned, he didn't bring them up in postpartum. He brought these things up while we're having a discussion on a date, like a week and a half ago Yeah, where we're having a blast. We're both in great moods and I didn't take any of these things personally. Right. I just thought, Oh, that totally makes sense. Yes. Like I know the kids clothes are upstairs their diapers are downstairs, their shoes are in a different closet, their wipes are with the diapers, you know, and like, it totally makes sense. Their coats are in a different closet. He just wants it all in one spot. That makes sense. Yeah. So I cleaned out a cupboard this week and put every single thing you could need for the kids all in one closet. Yes, which I'm stoked about. It's like so condensed and compact and I know right where everything's at. Yeah, I'm kind of going like, why didn't I just do this before? <laughs> like, who said the kids' clothes had to be like somewhere different than their shoes and their coats? Yeah, I think it's like one of those things that just kind of evolved over time. Yeah. You started storing different things in different places and it's rolled with true. it. And then today, I mean, I went out and bought a ton of snacks. And like, but these are little things that are easy for me to improve on too. Hmm. So the fact that he brought them up made it helpful because yes. I don't know what his pain points are going to be because they're going to be different than what my pain points are. Sure. Yeah. What were some of your pain points, Katie? Um, for what didn't work. Yes. I think probably the biggest things for me were not having a clear deadline for you going back to work. Yes. That was really tricky because I think that at at the time that we had both of our children, I was working from home full time. I was self-employed either in real estate. I was a realtor or I was working in Voberg Music Academy and Neolife full-time. And Voberg Music Academy and Neolife, we were pretty 50-50 in. Yes, you were heavily involved in both of those. So that was really tricky. Yes. Just navigating that. And I mean, you guys, if you work together as a couple at all, 
then, you know, that can be difficult to navigate just on a regular basis Mm. where, you know, one person's not being the other person's boss or micromanaging or, you know, all that stuff. Right. And it got really hairy for us to navigate that postpartum. It is because like you already said, that first week was so blissful. I was just a hundred thousand percent in like taking care of you, taking care of our house, taking care of the kids mode. And you were, that's what you wanted from me. Yeah, it was awesome. And then after that first week, it was like, okay, I should probably start making money for our family again. And you're like, yeah, that's a good idea. But I was also still available for you. But then I also wasn't working full time. So that stressed you out because you knew that the the output that I was doing probably wasn't going to bring that much income. Yeah. And I mean, we're just about the businesses. All I'm doing is like sitting up in my bed resting, thinking of like, Elisha should be doing this, this, and this, and this, and this, micromanaging him. Hmm. And then also wanting him to take care of the kids because he is available to take care of the kids. And it's like, he was totally torn going like, do I work? Does she want my help? You know, what, what does this lady want? And it was just, it wasn't good. Yeah. Those have been probably some of the lower points in our over, just overall in our marriage. Oh, for sure. Were those two different seasons. uh, Yeah. A conversation we had after Lucy was definitely one of the biggest conversations I regret. I think it's had the longest last, longest lasting impact hmm. on our marriage. Yeah. Yeah. So we really want to avoid that going forward. So something that we're doing is I'm keeping my coffee shop job at least through, you know, a month after having the baby mm-hmm. so that I have a very definitive start date on when I'm going back to work. And he just leaves the house and I am required to take care of the kids at that point, which I do like feeling needed, and I think that was kind of a hard thing when Elisha was around is I didn't feel like like needed. Hmm. You know, he was taking care of stuff, and I wanted to have to take care of stuff, hmm. and I wanted to feel appreciated, and I wasn't appreciating him for the work he was doing either. So I think it's nice we aren't on stepping on each other's toes. He's just going to leave. Yep. I have peace of mind knowing that our finances are taken care of. And then I also get to kind of have a start date for me starting to take care of the kids again. Yeah. And it, and if it's really brutal, then we can hire some help. Yeah. You know, we've so talked I, about that. I thought about that. Well, I have someone I'm hiring Yeah, for two hours a day once Elisha goes back to work. Yeah. Because having, I'm, I can only imagine having three children, two years old and younger, It's going to be quite the challenge. I know. We might like go back to this and be like, okay, back to the drawing board. Yeah. I'm quitting my job and we're just full-time parents (laughs) for the next year. (laughs) That's our, that's our other option. Uh, So yeah. So basically just any, this can go, like we said, for any topic, just writing down what worked for the situation and what didn't work. Just reflecting on history. And then the last question can be, one or split into two and that are that is um what are two things i can do to make it better Hmm. or what are two things in this case elisha and i were just having more a discussion about it so we were like what can we do to make it better it wasn't like very clear and i guess we didn't say what are two things i can do what are two things you can do it wasn't so formal um and so you know we just kind of talked it out like we just did with you guys i took some notes in a notepad and i felt like i had what I needed to take away. Um, But if you're actually writing this down, if it's something where maybe it's a marriage conflict or something like that, I might go more formal and say, what are two things I can do to make it better? 
And then in my opinion, what are two things you can do to make it better? Hmm. Um, and break it down that way. Yeah. That so sense. it's like, I'm taking responsibility, but I can also see you benefiting the situation by doing this. Sure. That makes sense. Yeah. I get that. If it's a topic that's a little bit more, I guess, dicey relationally, yeah. it'd probably be good to be very specific like that. Mm-hmm. Just say, okay, two things. I get to choose two things for me and two things for you. Yeah. And, and we can it, start working towards like this. suggestions. Obviously we want to always approach our spouses with grace and not like you should do this, you know, cause that right. doesn't go over well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least in my experience. Yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> I'd hate to give you that advice. Um, so being tactful, but like, Hey, maybe, you know, I could see if you did this, that could really improve the situation. Yeah. Yeah. So you're right. That That's very helpful. But like you said, since we're both very like-minded and wanting to make this postpartum seat, like we both agree things in the past have not worked. We both agree that we really want this next postpartum season to be better than the first yes. two. And so we're on the same page and trying this to discover. Is, this wasn't like Elisha loved it and I hated it. Right. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, we need to do this history reflector here, yeah. <laughs> you know, because we are not on the same page. Right. But it can help get you on the same page. Yes. I like that. Yeah. So we went through the history reflector, which was really good, I think, for both of us because it broke down some very practical things on what we can both I guess, present going into the, we can both have ourselves armed with going into the next postpartum season. And then I went ahead and went through another tool that Katie's probably talked about already. And that's the expectation translator. Now this is one that is really just looking forward and it's looking forward to, okay, what do I want from this next, from this postpartum season? And for me, I said, I said, okay, well, what's the goal for the postpartum season? And for me, it was to thrive in our marriage, faith, and health in the four weeks following the birth of our child. And those were really important to me because obviously our faith is like our foundation. You know, we, that, we, that's our first priority in our giant five. It's really what everything else is built on. Our faith, just I want it to be strong. I don't want it to get rocked or to become unstable throughout this postpartum season. Because I would say in, in a lot of ways, it did in the other two postpartum seasons yeah. where you kind of forget why you're doing what you're doing or, or who you're, who you're serving, you know, and why you're here on earth. And once you lose perspective in all of those things and you only can look at these temporary things, it can become very frustrating and overwhelming. So I really want our faith, faith to thrive. And then, like I said, our marriage, like I want so badly for our marriage to be just like knitted closer together and knitted more tightly together in this season. Cause I know that it can, this is something that we're working on together. We've got the same goals. We've got the same convictions. We've got the same ideals for this. We just need to have a better game plan to work together in it. I think going into this next season and then the health that was important to me because in the, in the last two postpartum seasons, I think just because of sleep deprivation, which is Mm -hmm. usually an inevitable with the postpartum season, there's very few people that are able to go through the postpartum season and maintain a really healthy sleep schedule. And we, we definitely were not able to maintain a healthy sleep schedule. So you're deprived on sleep. It's that makes it far more difficult to exercise because you've got less time, it seems like, because you're taking care of a newborn and you're sleeping any other moment that you have. And, and then, Elisha, when he says exercise, means himself. Just so me. no one like freaks out. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't expect Katie to exercise. That you, In fact, I'm always telling you to not exercise. You, Katie always wants to get back to exercising like way too soon after her babies. Uh, this time you're not going to do that, are you? I'm going to try to hold off a yes, little longer. Yes, you've yeah. committed to doing that. 
Um, and then, and then a lot, all those things affect your diet as well. And just, you start eating less and less healthy substances <laughs> that affects your overall health, which in turn affects your overall mindset. And so those are three things I really want to protect in this next postpartum season. Yeah. And I love the expectation translator because it's just like it sounds, it's a way to translate your expectations to your spouse. And I think so much of communication, we think, oh, I, I told him what I wanted or I told him how how I wanted something to go. Mm. But this really breaks it down and you just get so deep. Mm. Like, I mean, it took us 15 minutes to fill out, but I felt like I understood Elisha so much better. Yeah. And it just takes you through a series of like strainers or, you know, I don't know, different layers. Yeah. And so you really get to understand. I feel like I really know where Elisha's coming from. That's awesome. And he hopefully really felt like he yeah, knew where Katie, I was coming from. Cause Katie well. did one of these as well. Yeah. So, so we filled him out. We're going over Elisha's cause I think I've shared mine um, earlier on in this podcast, Yeah. but we fill them out and then compare notes. Right. So we don't like chat about it as we're going through like, Oh, that's a good point. Cause we really want to know what the other person is yeah. thinking. And it's crazy how, there are all, there's always something whenever we've used the expectation translator for anything in this case for the upcoming postpartum season, there's always at least one thing, but usually numerous things that come to that, like are revealed that the other person didn't know about. Yes. Which is, so it's a very useful tool in digging up some things that could potentially be problems. And then you can, you know, preemptively avoid them. And it also helps with things where you think in your brain, oh, of course they know that. Right. You know, because yeah. of course we're going to think the same on, you know, yeah. whatever it is. And then you realize that, oh, we had very different ideas yeah, of what it's, this was going to be. It is pretty remarkable how it's like, I know we're still newlyweds. We've only been married for three years. But it's crazy that we, you just can't know what the other person's thinking all the time. Like you can yeah. grow closer to them and get to know their tendencies and their habits and what they prefer in most scenarios. But there's always going to be things that you just don't know that you're, the other person's thinking. And that's really kind of, I don't know, remarkable. It, it keeps it interesting. It keeps yeah, it does. relationships because you have to continually grow your communication skills. And you have to seek that person out and you have to continually date them and, you know, really dig up conversation and stir up conversation so you can hear their heart on different different topics. Okay. So what was your second question? So the second question on the expectation translator is what are five things that you want to be true of this experience? And for me, it was that Katie remains healthy and strong. I really want that to be true of this upcoming season. I want Katie and I to feel like a team because that's something that I know we are, but it just, it's, it's always a bummer when you feel like you're at odds with your spouse in any situation so lame. It is because it's so powerful when you, when you feel like a team and it's so f powerful when you feel like you just are aligned in p tackling a problem together, you know, you're like, Oh man, we're in this together. And so the last thing I want in this season is to feel at odds. I want to feel like a team. Mm -hmm. Uh, I want the kiddos to stay in somewhat of a routine. Like I don't want their lives to get jacked up too much. So I'd love if they're able to keep a bedtime and then keep an, a normal, you know, morning routine. Yeah, they're going to be thrown off enough by a third baby being in the house. Yeah. And we want to make life as normal as possible for them. Yeah, because I think that the more that they're on a routine, the easier they will be on us. Um, and so that's a goal of mine to just try to stay consistent on that with the kiddos. Um, 
I want to stay mentally, physically, and spiritually healthy. And then I really want to keep up with now that we're a family. And so this podcast, our YouTube channel, our blogs, uh, now that we're a family.com, those things, Katie and I both love so much and we find so much fulfillment in those things. And so I really want to take it upon myself to keep those things going throughout the postpartum season because I know Katie's going to be, I at least want her to feel to, you know, like she can go 100% in mama mode, you know, and just take care of her body and take care of the new child. So I really want to take on the responsibility for keeping up now that we're a family. Yeah. And I, I mean... I obviously didn't disagree with any of those things. It was more like you jogged my brain because my five things were totally different. And when you said like, oh, I'd like the children to stay on a schedule, I was like, oh, that is, that's a good one. Hmm. <laughs> like, but because that's something I didn't consider. Yeah. So I really appreciate that. Yep. And then the next question on the expectation translator is, what does the ideal outcome look like? And I just wrote a kind of a quick sentence and it says, completing our time here in Bend on a high and moving to Centralia with momentum in our faith, marriage, parenting, health, and now that we're a family. And so it kind of sounds like we jumped categories, which we kind of did. And that's because we're moving shortly after the postpartum season. Yeah, that's a whole new experience. Yeah. So that's going to be kind of a, a whole new monster in and of itself. But the reason this postpartum season is so, I guess, crucial in my mind is because I want to go into the next season, which is going to be, you know, starting a new job, living in a new town, being around new people. I want to feel so strong with you and so united with you as we enter that new season. And so it just means so much to me that we're strong through the postpartum season. Yeah. Elisha and I have talked a lot about this. I feel like just postpartum in general, and we're taking it so seriously because we haven't felt united before. Mm. Um, and then also like you really want to be united when you're starting a new job. Like he needs to know I have his back mm. or when we're moving into a new house, a new neighborhood. Yes. I mean, it's just, that just makes it all the more important that we're unified and we're a team because we're going to be going through a lot of changes. Like we've never moved You're in right. our marriage. That's going to be completely new. Wow. And we're going to be doing it during a pretty emotional time. Yes. I had someone ask on Instagram, actually a couple people, what are you guys talking about when you say the postpartum season? Hmm. And people, I guess, talk about postpartum for like a year or two years sometimes. But like for us, when we say postpartum, we're like, okay, the six to eight weeks following a birth. Yeah. Just so you guys are clear. <laughs> like when we say the postpartum season, it's like that season where everything's abnormal. Like my body's healing up, um, you know. Yeah. The baby's not sleeping. Right. Everything's like kind of climaxes. Yes. Around like weeks four, five, and six. Yes. And then I feel like we really start to get a flow down. Right. Yes. Yeah, that's the, that's the time period that we're talking about. And, um, and it's really important for us to, I think, leave Bend on a good note. Bend has been yes. so good for our marriage and to, it's been so good to our family. Like our church here has been so, I guess, just such a blessing. Like it's just been so good for us. And we want to leave here just on, on a high. We just want to yeah. be like, man, Bend was awesome. And we're ready to crush this next season too. Yeah, we want to have our last memories here be good memories. Yes. 
because it's been an incredible time. It has, yes. And then the final question in the expectation translator is, what is the worst case scenario look like? I feel like this is kind of like put the fear of God in your spouse. (laughs) Yeah. Don't you think when you're like communicating this and you're like, worst case scenario, and you paint like the worst picture ever and they're like, Okay, I'd better listen to these. Well, what's funny is that when I'm I'm looking over my worst case scenario, and it's actually probably pretty accurate to how we felt after the first two post babies. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Oh no! Because worst case scenario for me was to feel distant as a couple, discouraged in our current state, and dreading the move with no clear or exciting vision for the future. And we definitely found ourselves lacking vision, lacking direction after both children. I think. Yeah, we really did. And I think a, a part of that, not everyone might feel this way, but like Elisha mentioned, we were completely self-employed hmm. during both of our kids. And I think we've contributed that to being, or attributed that to being one of the main factors that postpartum has been so hard for us. Yes. Because we've typically talked about Elisha getting a job around that season. Yes. <laughs> and so that's why we've been so proactive in talking about this move, about a my, job, my work. Yeah, yes. his work situation, because he, he knew it was time to move on from Sister's Coffee. Yep. And we were like, okay, well, we aren't going to have this conversation this time after our child's right. born. Right. Yes. Because like, that just creates so much distress yes. when you're talking about a whole new set of life events in an emotional state. Right. And that's what we've done with our past two kids. So yes. yes, he is going to a new job. Yes, we are moving, but those things are predetermined ahead of time. Hmm. So we aren't making those decisions after the baby. That's right. Because the, the danger is that you, th- you know, by week three or by week five or week seven, whatever it is for you, you start to think that this is normal. This is just how life is going to be. Yeah. Like I don't feel good. Some, and so therefore you take it matters takes, into your own hands. You're like, I need to change my circumstances when in reality time is just going to take care of a vast majority of the issues. Oh yeah. Like it's not going to take me 45 minutes to get everyone dressed and go to the grocery store. Sure. Like right after my whole life, Yes. like right after Lucy, it did. It mm. took a full hour to get her fed, Leon fed, they'd both dirty their diapers at different times. Yeah. I'd get them dressed. One of them needed to like eat or had gone to the bathroom again. And I was like, wow, it's a full day event. Yes. Just to try to get to the grocery get store. The grocery store. Yes. And like, now it's like, are you kidding me? Like you don't even think about it. Huh. And so I think that's something that like you just mentioned, everything gets easier. It gets smoother. It gets faster and you develop systems, but it takes time Yes. For that to happen. And it can feel like this is the new normal. Yes. Right. Exactly. And so <laughs> our goal is to not make any huge decisions in that time frame, you know, because it, yes. we know it's not the, we know it's not the normal, you know, life will smooth out over time. Yeah, for sure. So I don't know, hopefully these tools were just helpful for you guys. I know that they're really helpful for us to just go over when stuff is working and when we want to identify, like, why did you love that so much? You know, why did I love that experience so much? Like I think of our vacation to Victoria, Hmm. we just orally went through one of these. I feel like, yeah, you're right. But just talking about like, Oh, you know, we loved where we stayed. We loved that we could walk everywhere. We loved how long it was, Yes, you know, and talking through what works so that you can identify 
how to make something work again in the future. Yes. Yeah. And then it's not just about eliminating pain points, I guess. Yes. It can also just help you identify what you want in a future experience. Oh, yes. We want to use this expectation translator as much as possible in our life. Like you said, before family vacations, before road trips, before holidays, mm -hmm. I think it's a really good time to use it. You just ask your spouse, what What are you expecting from this? You know, what's an ideal outcome or what's worst case scenario? What do you want to be true from I this know, upcoming like, experience? I wish we'd had this during like the Christmas season. Yes. When we've gone up to stay with Elisha's family for like a couple weeks at a time sometimes right. for concerts. Yeah. For concerts. Yeah. And just over Christmas and our first two years are kind of rough just on our relationship. And I feel like we just talk and talk and talk and talk and try to talk it out. Like, what was I feeling? What was he feeling? What did he expect from me? What did yeah. I expect from him? Why wasn't this working? And I feel like this year went great, but it took years of like, these drawn out conversations yes. where like, I'm not feeling heard or you're not feeling you yeah. know, understood right. where it's like, if we could have just walked through these steps, it would have really eliminated a lot of gray area hmm. and assuming that yes. Elisha knew what I was feeling. Yes, exactly. That, you know, yeah, I knew exactly. what well, he was feeling. that's the thing is that uns unspoken expectations usually go unmet by the you know by one or yeah. the other person you know and so being able to articulate your expectations for the smallest of scenarios or the biggest of scenarios it's just it's good for it's just easier it just makes your life better yes. you know <laughs> it just does it does Anyway, so I'm really glad that we have these for future and hopefully they're helpful for you guys at yes. whatever stage of your relationship they're in you can Hopefully take something away and apply it to. Yeah. And like Katie said, these are going to be in our books uh, after the, the books titled after the baby. And there's a for him and a for her copy. But you can also get these individual tools on our website too. Can't you, Katie? I don't know if they're both up right now. I'll put them. Yes. What I'll do is I will put them in the blog post attached to this episode. Okay. So in the show notes, yep. if you go to now that we're a family.com forward slash lessons learned you'll be able to find them there. Nice. There you go. Go check it out, guys. We love these tools. We actually were introduced to kind of the, the we were originally introduced to these types of tools by Katie's father, Chad mm -hmm. Johnson, and he uses them for his coaching, for coaching business clients. And uh, we kind of changed them a little bit and applied them more to just family and our marriage. And they've been really helpful. Yeah. We like to take business concepts and apply them to our marriage. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's like one of our favorite things to do. Yeah, seriously. That's true. We read business books, not a ton of relationship books, but then I feel like we apply them to our relationship. Yeah, that's true. Right on, folks. Well, thanks for listening. As always, we always appreciate you guys listening. We appreciate your guys' encouragement, whether that's via messages or comments or reviews or whatever it is, but you guys are yes. so kind to us. I wanted to say, I just wanted to thank you guys for hitting 200 reviews this week. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. Or 200 awesome. ratings. I get them mixed up. Yeah. 200 R&Rs. Yeah, R&Rs. Like, seriously, that just blows my mind. Yeah. And just thank you. Yeah, that was so, that's so kind of you, you all. Right on, folks. Well, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. <laughs>